0: Uh, Building a Discipling Culture. Um, A lot of this stuff I'm adapting from Mike Breen's book called Building a Discipling Culture. I know it's original, but if you ever want to just really get a good read about where I sense a lot in our church, you know, the first commission is still the first commission, or the last commission is still the first commission. Uh, Matthew 28, go now therefore and make disciples out of every name, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And don't worry, I'll be with you day by day by day by day day as you do this, until the end of the age. Until there are more, no more days, the commission's still the same, my call for you is to make disciples. And uh, that's what we want to do, that's the kind of church we want to be. Listen, we're not trying to be a um, you know, spin-the-plates program-driven church, we don't, I just don't believe in that stuff, we're just equipping people to do the work of the ministry. Somebody asked me one time, what is your vision as a pastor? My vision as a pastor, and if I could sum my life up, it would be this. My vision is to see your vision come to pass. A lot of churches, you know, you go to church and the pastor says, "Hey, serve my vision. I want you to serve, give your gifts to serve my vision." And this is all about my vision and my team and my mind, 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 mind. You know, pastors are really not called to do that. Pastors are said are called to bring people into their fullness of life. So, anytime we talk to somebody, it's like, "Hey, pastor, you know, what can I do? I don't know. What do you want to do? How can I help?" How can I help you achieve what you're called to do? That's my greatest passion in life, it's my greatest mission. Tonight we're gonna to talk about finding our people of peace. If there's one step that we miss as disciple makers, it's this step right here, it's finding our people of peace. How about a quick review, I love reviews. We have three different ways of discipleship, three different categories we like to call it. Number one is the master, secondly is the apprentice, and the student, the student is usually the and we kind of did it backwards. Usually you want to start master last, but I wanted redundancy. So I kept saying the thing, same thing over. The master is the master. He's the the guy, the journeyman, we would call him in the trades um, from Northwest Indiana, from the steel belt. And you know, those were the journeymen. Those were the guys you looked up to. That's the pay scale you wanted to make. That was, the, that was the badge of honor that you wanted to wear. You wanted to carry that journeyman's car. Those were the masters. The apprentices were those guys just kind of entering in from the years. They're ready to learn the trade. They're ready to practice the trade. They're ready to practice discipleship. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, go out now. I've taught you. I've lectured you. Now go out. You've been students. Now it's time for you guys to go be apprentices. Go out and go from door to door and just have fun. And, and they came back and they're freaking out like, Jesus, this stuff really works. He's like, I know. Uh, it's cool, isn't it? It's awesome uh, because you're in me. So anyway, we have those three areas of discipleship. Here's the master's way. Uh, We want to live in this empowered culture. So if you come to Keystone, this is going to be a really high invitation place, but it's also going to be a high challenge place. You can see some other cultures here. The cozy culture is real high invitation. Hey, everybody, come. Don't do anything. Just come, and we'll hire a bunch of people to do what you're supposed to be doing. Well, we just don't believe that. We believe that's a cozy culture. It's an apathetic culture. They don't do anything. A low challenge and a low invitation is a boring culture. I believe this generation is longing for purpose. They're looking for something to matter. They're looking for their lives to matter. They want to matter. They do. They really do. They want something to give their life to. And finally, a lot of us have lived right here, right? The discouraged culture, high challenge, low invitation. So this is a quadrant where your master really never lets you into his life. He never says, hey, let's just come and hang out with, with me. Let me teach you my ways. Let me invite you. Let me be transparent let me come into my life and we're going to create a, a, a life that is, is empowered. We're going to give you the tools that you need, but it's going to cost you something. You now, Jesus said, if you come follow me, guys, you've got to take up your cross. If you come follow me, you're going to be persecuted and probably scorned and you're probably going to be made fun of. No student is above his master. So here's the master's way. And we got the apprentice. I love this picture of the, the cobbler and a young man and a, maybe his dad or grandfather showing him how to put the sole, the shoe back together. The Apprentice is the hands-on training stage of discipleship. Okay, so um, the privilege and honor of working with Matt and Christy for, for several years in an missions organization. And what they would do is they'd put us through this crazy week-long, you know, pretty much a student lecture kind of style, missiology. We had to learn skits and poems and how to do scissor kicks in the middle of the air and, and you know, learn Spanish. That was all kinds of fun stuff. Anyway, so we were, we were taught for a season in a week or so, setting lots of lecture, lots of practice, lots of but we couldn't take it out to the streets until we were ready. And so we became we went we jumped from students to apprentices. An apprentice is someone who goes to the street and goes, you know, undia, the gospel of Jesus Christ comes down. And I mean anyway, you just do the skits and stuff like that. It's kinda of cool and you know you're doing a key thing and jumping over a bridge and one time the whole system <laughs> it's kinda of funny story. Uh the whole sound system quit on us, and so I just started singing. It was great. It was fun. It was fun. Anyway, it just popped in my head. All right, well, we got an apprenticeship. And finally, the student. A student mirrors his master's... This is, this is what a student does. He mirrors his master's style. He mirrors what his master does. He's, he's not quite ready to be an apprentice. He's just learning the moves. He's not quite ready to go to the tournament. He's just learning some moves. He's learning how to walk through the student side. He's learning to listen to lecture. He's learning to take notes. He's learning to watch his master. He's beginning to emulate the way his master walks. He's beginning to watch the way he works. He's beginning to talk the way he talks, and he begins to pick up his master's slang and the way he uses his words and even the way he teaches. You'll see a lot of times students start to emulate their master in this stage. There's three ways we learn. Number one is lecture. It's basically just, matter of fact, this is a lot of the problem and I think in our churches today is we just sit in lecture style settings and we're never allowed to put our hands to something. By the way, the Bible says, "I will bless what you put your hand to." You need to get that. I will bless what you put your hand to. Some of us are like, "God just bless." things. So just say, "Put your hand to something." In other words, put your hand to something. I'll bless it. I promise you, I'll bless it. Just put your hand to something. That's the apprenticeship side. And finally, we talked about last week is immersion. Immersion is just throwing yourself into a culture. It's, just be, it's, it's actually the most subtle way of learning. I'm an immersion type of learner. I love to jump into a culture and just learn the way they walk, the talk, the way they eat. I learned my trade as an operating engineer, just watching. I watch. a matter of fact, my guy, my mentor, my master, said, I don't want you to touch a thing. All I want you to do is watch. Like, this is the easiest money I have ever. Just so Sweet. I would watch him, and I'd watch him again, and I'd watch him again, and I noticed that he did the same thing every single time he'd do a pub, He'd walk around the same way. He'd look at the bolts the same way. He'd start the engine the same way. He'd start the job the same way. Every single time it was the same way. So believe it or not, I played basketball in high school. I know it's hard to believe. Um, I, I would watch the seniors play when they would shoot their free throws, there's something about doing the same thing every time. It's part of their process. It's part of their uh, routine. So my friend, his name was Matt Kellogg, and he was about six foot six. He was our center, he was just a stud guy. You know, everybody is just the big blonde, blue-haired guy, and you know I'm like five seven and <laughs> not all that. Anyway, um, but he would always do the same thing. The ref would give him the ball. He'd spin the ball. And he would find just on we use Wilson balls. He'd find just under the W I L S O N, and he'd put his fingers on the seam. And he would slide his toe to the line, slide his other toe up one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. Swish. I mean, 95% free throw shooter. I in an immersion culture started to do the same thing. I'd slide my foot up to the foul line. I'd slide my other foot up. I'd find my seam. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. Shoot. It was like 68% free throw. Shoot. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes just, act, you know, you've got to get the, 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 all the trades down and be perfect in your own way. But anyway, okay. So tonight we want to talk about our person of peace. Our person of peace is really the beginning of discipleship. How many of us have sat in churches life? We've done ministry. We've done nursery. We've done children's church. We've done worship teams. We've done pastoring. I mean, if I asked 80 percent of you in this room tonight would say, I've done some of the... I can say, I spent my life discipling a group of ladies or a group of men are my fruit this is my fruit that's the culture we are trying to develop luke chapter 10 verses 5 through 7 jesus said this whenever you come into someone's home first day may god's peace be on this house if those who live there are peaceful in other words if those who live there are your people peace the blessing will stand if they are not the blessing will return to you don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. A person of peace is simply this. A person of peace is one who is prepared to hear the gospel, the, king and the, ki- the kingdom and the king. This is so good. It is no good trying to force open doors that God has not opened. Did you get that? Thank you. It is no good trying to force open doors that God has not opened. We must not be distracted so that we miss the doors that He actually is opening. So here's here's most of our Christian evangelism teaching. I grew up Baptist man we were the best at this we went door to door with our flip charts and our chick tracks and I mean do you know today if you're to die you would go to heaven or hell and like what I thought you were selling girl cookies man I what I mean we're asking them the most important question of their life on their doorstep now I'm not saying it's all wrong matter of fact I believe some really some people came, came that way um, but we found a lot of people that were not people of peace get out of here you wacko and eh, not interested Oh, what are you, a J.W.? You know, and on and on and on. All the books and everything like that. But evangelism really isn't that at all. Evangelism is looking up and finding your people of peace. Jesus said this. We're going to talk about this tonight. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. So you can see your people of peace. We have been taught so long. Evangelism has become a dirty word. Evangelism to me is when, you know, you go to Boulder and there's the guy standing on a crate and he's preaching his guts out about how God hates everybody walking by. And nobody's listening to him. But the guy is putting himself in a glass box. Everybody's watching that. Right? And they're giving him money. But the guy's standing on the crazy, Oh, well, God bless that man. He's just suffering for Jesus. That's not the, that's not the definition of evangelism whatsoever. The definition of evangelism is finding their people of peace that are ready to receive the message of God. They're prepared. They're ready to receive. And all you need to do is lift up your eyes. Check this out. Our person of peace prayer. We've been practicing this, and I hope that you practice this with us. Lord, bring into my path today a person of peace and give me the grace to speak your words to this person. If we got up every morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. Today, I pray that I would run smack dab into my person of peace. I pray, God, that today my eyes would recognize who my person of peace is And then I would be able to have the grace to speak to the words that you had me say. Doesn't that take all the pressure off of you? You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to argue. You don't have to coerce. You don't have to convince. You just simply say, are you my person of peace? Uh, I think I might be. Or no, wacko, get out of here. Are you my person of peace? Are you ready to receive the message of the King and the Kingdom? My God, yes! I've been waiting for you! What the have you been? I can't wait for those stories to roll in. They will roll in. Or bring. Okay. There's five ways we want to talk tonight of how to find your person of peace. You're like, well, Lonnie, this is really cool. And that's good. And I believe you, man. I believe that God is preparing hearts. They're all over. The Bible says the, the harvest is white unto harvest. It is so ready to go. So ripe, how come I'm not discipling anybody? If it's so ripe, how come we're not seeing anybody? You know, big revival happening. If it's so ripe, how come there's just not the churches aren't all exploding and you know it's like revival everywhere and strip clubs are shutting down and and all that stuff. Why isn't that happening? We'll talk about that. Number one, I think this is the reason. Number number one is time, or timing. To everything there is a season. Ecclesiastes chapter three says. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, including seed time and harvest, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest. Jesus said this, lift up your eyes, the harvest is ripe. This whole phrase, lift up your eyes, literally means to become aware and awake of your surroundings. The phrase literally means to become aware and awake of your surroundings. and So when Jesus says lift up your eyes, He's really saying become aware and wake up to what's happening around you. There is amazing things happening all around you. You just need to be aware of it. A lot of our prayers are kind of, I think they're just ignorant. You know, Holy Spirit, come. Oh, come. He's already here. Our prayer should be, Holy Spirit, make me aware of Your presence. Wake me up. Wake me up to Your presence. Wake me up to Your anointing. Wake me up to Your goodness. Wake me up to Your power. Holy Spirit, we pray for the harvest. The harvest is ripe. The Bible says pray for the harvest. It says pray for the workers. Because the harvest is ready, baby. It's ready to go. Lift up your eyes. Wake up. Come aware of what's around you, and you'll see a great harvest. Timing. Five ways to find the peace. Number one is timing. Is it their time? Is it the person's time? It's a little small, but John 4, 34-38 says this. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing His work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up. That's that word. Lift up your eyes. Wake up and look around. The harvest is ripe the fields are already ripe for harvest the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike you know the saying one plants, and another harvests, and it's true i sent you to harvest where you didn't plant others had already done the work and now you will get together the harvest Isn't that good I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Somebody's already done the work, but I'm sending you in so that you get to do the harvest. Some water, the Bible says, some plant, but God gives the increase. We just studied this in in our men's group. 1 Corinthians 3, 7, and 8 says this, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters both work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Again, a lot of our misconceptions about evangelism is, and how many people did you get saved this year? Oh, Week, our Saturday, you know, I think this is all for you. That's how I grew up. It was all knocking. Amen. And, and she was- <laughs> Right? I mean, that's the truth. Right? I mean, by the way, I've sold everything door-to-door. I've sold toilet paper door-to-door. To door. Who does that? Wrapping paper. My, my favorite. Light bulbs. Uh, tell a 10-year-old to go sell light bulbs door-to-door. Door. Yeah, that um, Wow, these things pop when you break them. That's kind of cool. Uh, candy, of course. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of that age we lived in. Selling candy. Selling, selling the gospel door-to-door. Hey, this is not the, the, the definition of evangelism. You planter you might be a waterer. it is God's job to bring in the harvest he gives the increase it doesn't that sets me free it doesn't set me free. gotta do is lift up my eyes become aware of my surroundings wake up to what the Holy Spirit is doing indoors, and maybe today Matt all I do is water that's all, I get. That's all I get to do today. But it doesn't matter because I get the same reward as the guy who gets to do the harvesting. Now that is cool. Well, I, th- I thought it was cool. Time. Sometimes it's sowing time. Sometimes it's watering time. Sometimes it's harvest time. It's just the natural ebb and flow of life. The, the first thing you've got to understand about being a disciple maker is recognizing what time it is. What's someone's time? If someone's time is a time of watering, then you need to come by and just the re- person with the Holy Spirit and water them. If someone says, man, I'm just ready to... You're planting and you're planting and you're planting and you're, plowing, and you're plowing and you're plowing and you're plowing and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Your reward is the same as the person who says, man, we just had evangelists revival and 3,000 people got saved and you know the people who water and plant usually do crap man I wish I could have done that I wish my arms were wearing out because of the baptisms I wish I wish my my name was on the lights that's not how God's kingdom works at all his kingdom works in synchronicity with all the parts moving in their gifts and their anointings and their pleasures and it sets us free it sets us free to just be who we are called to be. What time is it? The first thing we have to recognize as disciple makers, of disciple cultures, culture, is what time is it? Is it your time? Is it your time? Is it your time? Are you ready? I mean, literally. I told you last week I walked up to a guy in a pub and I said, hey, are you my person of peace? What, dude? Uh, how many drinks have you had? No, I don't. Well, okay, well, maybe not. I don't know. Try it. Why not? What do you got to lose? Are you my person of peace? I was reminded, I couldn't... <laughs> I was going to play a clip tonight. Remember in Saving Private Ryan, and Captain Miller, walking up and down, he just gets so frustrated. They're counting dog tags, and he's, he's frustrated because he can't find, save... Saving... Uh, whatever his name is. Private Ryan. And... Uh, He's walking up and down, all these paratroopers are walking back, and he goes, hey, Ryan, Ryan, anybody here named Ryan? Anybody seen Ryan? Ryan, Private Ryan. And as ridiculous as it sounds, someone in that line knew the guy they were looking for. Sometimes that's an illustration of our Christian. Hey, anybody? Anybody my personal of peace? Anybody in this line? Anybody? Anybody want to hear the gospel? Anybody ready? Oh, yeah, I do. I'm ready. I know who you're talking about. I'll be your person. Finding your person of peace is important to recognize what time is it in the person's life? I find this so often, especially as a pastor or church planner, or whatever, disciple maker. The people are so ready, but they're so they're so hurt. And and, and as some pastors kind of they, bull way, they bullnose their way through people's lives just to, just to get something accomplished, just to spend some more plates. And, you know, I think the real shepherds say, oh, I recognize where you are. And it's okay. A friend of mine told me this week, he's like, dude, I'm just sorry I'm not at church. I said, it's okay. He goes, I don't know why I can't come. It's okay. I didn't come to Colorado Springs to get people to come to church. I came to about Colorado Springs to build relationships. One by one, by one, by one. Slow, methodically. I always said this as a youth pastor. Youth ministry that grows like a squash because it goes overnight and then it's overnight. I want a ministry that grows like an oak. So slow and steady and strong and deep and slow and steady. But it's kind of not the culture of America, right, Harlan? I mean, you said we're, we're in a hyperdrive culture. Fast, microwave, why aren't you running 500 people? You've been here two years now. You should be busting out the scenes. we probably in a building program. It's not who we're called to be. It's not who I'm called to be, it's, and it's not who you're called to be either. Slow relationships. By the end of our lives, if you stood before the Father and you said, Lord, I use my talent to disciple three people, I think heaven is going to freaking explode. Because all you did was what He asked you to do. Fantastic! Oh, you Funny rocks, funny rocks, Lonnie rocks, Lonnie rocks. And they were like, who's this dude? He's got three people. That's the talent I was given. That's what he gave me to do. I got three. I got my three. I got three. All right, here we go. Nobody wants to write to that in Charisma magazine. Nobody wants to, re- you know, read about that. That's just not how our culture is working. But that's the kingdom of God. Slow, steady. Find out what time people are in. As kingdom workers, watch this, this is good. Our job is to learn to discern the season of each person's soul. Is it sowing time or is it reaping time? See, if you started your morning every morning, Spirit. Hey, help me find my person of peace. Holy Spirit, help me find who I'm supposed to reach. Holy Spirit, can you just put that person, lift up your eyes, get awake, become aware of the people that are all around you. I promise you, they're ready. Recognizing. Our job as disciple makers, our job as believers, is simply to recognize the season of life someone is in. Number two is team. God never asked us to do this alone. Time and team. Our inward relationships lead to outward ministry. We are not called to do this alone. When he set up the 72, it was always two by two. When he set up, when he set up his disciples, it was two by two. He never sent them alone. to work as teams. You know why? Because one of you are going to get discouraged. One of you is going to want to say, this is stupid, I'm not doing this anymore. Any mission organization, any missiology would always say, work as a team. The person who goes out alone gets their rear end handed to them. You need a team, and this is our family. Our family is our team. We call it this, the circle of life. We have an upward relationship with Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with one another. and Then we have an outward relationship with... With the community, with the culture. Here at Keystone, we call it this, connecting to the creator, the community, and the culture. You guys hear this over and over and over. But we have to get into our DNA. This is just a fancy way of saying we have an inward, upward, outward um, ministry. I'm inward, outward, out, right, happy all the time. You remember that song? I'm inward, outward, upright, downright, happy all the time. I got it. You know, you know, bus ministry just sticks with you. I can't help it. It just does. It never leaves. <laughs> What have we gotten into? All right. This is kind of cool. We have a creator that we connect to upwardly. We connect internally community. And we, we go out into our culture. We, we spread what we have out to our culture. This is our lives together. Upward creator. Hey, by the way, I did this myself. What do you think about that? That's nice. The circle isn't quite centered in the arrow, and I just couldn't get it. Okay, anyway, creator, community, culture. We go up, yeah, Steve, there you go. This is why, first-hand knowledge. Creator is up, community is in, culture is out. You have to have all three, guys. You have to have a team. God never called, to do, called us to do this alone. He never said, hey, you're a superstar, get on top of the pyramid. Matter of fact, you will never see a pyramid in any of my slides. It will always be a circle. You know why? Because we have to continually Imagine ourselves working in a circle, a 3D orb. The Hebrew people never saw a linear idea. They always saw circles, 3D orbs, rolling through history. Greeks saw lists. Greeks saw lines. Greeks saw order. One, two, three, four. Hebrew was like, man, that's a 3D globe picture. This is awesome. Let's just dive into it. There's no really one, two, three, four, five step. It's maybe step four today. Oh, screwed that up. Let's... Step two, okay, Here we go. Target, number three. We have number one, is time. What time is it? Is it your time? Number two, work as a team. We're called to be a community. We're called to do this together. Number three is target. Who's ready? Uh, there's supposed to be an arrow in the middle of that red, but it disappeared. So once again, you see my, my, uh, my ability here to create slides. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Matthew 10, 5-6 says this. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans, but only the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Target. Who's ready? Who's ready? The Gentiles were not ready. It wasn't their target. God's timing wasn't for them yet, and it wasn't the target that He had assigned to the disciples. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to say this all night. This is going to set you free. Well, I feel like I'm supposed to go minister you know, to the poor. Well, you seen any fruit there? People who minister to the poor, great, minister to the poor, if that's your target. If your target's not, set yourself free. Go so minister. Colin and I finally decided, you know who we're called to be? Called call to minister? Those outdoor, active, mountain biker people. And the people who ride bikes and walk trails, and that's why we set up a tent, we do races. That, that's just our culture. I mean, and we are seeing fruit from that. It's a good indication if you're seeing fruit from your target, it's probably a good place to be. I'm not saying that sometimes you don't have to plow some cement. I'm not saying sometimes you have to plow some ground. But there are times, and you know it, that when you're speaking to somebody, these are your people. These are my people. These are my kind of people. I mean, every race we go to, Kyle and I look at each other. These are our kind of people. This is our crowd. This is who. This is. I mean, I feel this, man. This is our. These are our people. Who are your people? Who's my people? What's your target? You know, I can't, I don't have the influence to, to go to, you know, Rockus and Luke and his crew. I don't have the influence though, to go to rave parties. I don't have the influence to go to high schools. I don't have the influence. That's, that's not my target. Say, who's my target? I promise you, you'll find, when you find your people at peace, it's probably your target as well. Like, I just fit here. I feel, by the way, don't feel guilty about that. Sometimes evangelism is so like, oh my God, I, this is working so well. I should probably go do something else. Because, you know, it's supposed to be hard and miserable. And No, find your people at peace. Find, find that target. Find that sweet spot. You'll see great fruit there. You, William Carey said this, there's lost sheep in India, and I must needs find them. There are people, they're like, dude, why are you going to India? Because God's lost sheep are there. I've got to go find them. I know they're there. What if we said that in Colorado Springs? Dude, what are you doing here? Ronnie, why did you come from northwest Indiana to Colorado Springs? What was the, why did you parachute here? Couldn't you have done what you did there, here there? Yeah? But I don't know if those, those were my people. Does that make sense? Your people. Who was your target? I don't know when we here, I'm like, man, i am man, these are my people. I love it. One one pastor says, I don't know how you pastor these people. They're so free. Hmm. Isn't that kind of how we want? Isn't that what we were looking for? Free people up? I don't know how you pastor those people. They're so free. What? <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Jesus said, I've sent you to the lost sheep of Israel. That's your target, disciples. Look, you don't have to worry about going to Samaria. Samaria needs Jesus, man. I know it does. Don't worry about it. right? Don't worry about Samaria right now. Who is Jesus sending you? Let's fast forward to today. Man, I just feel like we should get down to the you know, outside and minister to the people. Down there. Good, go. Go, man. Go, 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 go. If that's your target, go. No one's stopping you. We're so in our tent and saying, Moses, you go for us. And we'll stay here. And so most people come up to their pastors and say, I really feel like we need to start a ministry that ministers you know, in conjunction with all the homeless people. Great! If that's your target, go, baby, go! Run, run, I, I got your back and I'll equip you. Oh, no, no, not me. <laughs> I'm not doing that. We should probably hire somebody to do that. It will be my idea. That's not discipleship. That's not what we're called to do. It's so upside down. It is so insane. It's just what we're called to do as a church. Lift up your eyes. Find your people. Peace. Can you imagine Jesus saying, look, fellas, uh, how about this? There's a dude in the temple. How many times has he passed this guy? The Bible says he sat there his entire life. He went to the temple often. It's in Acts chapter 2, maybe 3, maybe 2. Peter and John John walk by. You guys know the story, right? They look at the dude and they said, hey, we don't have any money. We do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You know what they saw? Number one, they saw it was his. Him for years and said, hang in there. It's just not your time. Hang in there. It's coming. Hang in there. You're not my target. today. So you guys know the story. Paul went to the Gentiles, and that was his call. He was stopped to go to places he really felt he was supposed to go. And the Bible says, no, 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 that's not your target. That's not where I want you to go. I'm going to stop. I'm going to prevent you from going there. Sometimes when supernatural things work out, you know that you're in the right place. You know, when your house hasn't sold and it's midnight and you're pulling out with your trailer to move to Colorado Springs, they're starting to work out. I finally gets a job that pays her more than she's ever been paid in her life and you can actually sustain this thing and keep rolling. You probably figure when your kids get into a school that just a couple weeks ago said they could not get into, you kind of feel like the breadcrumbs are starting to line up. When you find a house and there's no down payment needed and they don't even care, down payment check and it's the biggest house you've ever lived in in your life you kind of figure, figure out that things are starting to work out your target lift up your eyes find your time find your target find your team and finally uh, number four is task our assignment is to give the gospel to those people of peace who are our people of peace and how do we know who our people of peace are check out this this is cool Number one, your people of peace welcome you. Hey, come on in. You guys want to play cards? Yeah, come on in. Hey, well, Those are your people of peace. They're ready. They're welcome. The Bible, That's our template, guys. He's like, look, if they say, get the hell off my store, doorstep, my, my it's going to be like, oh, well, maybe you're not my person of peace. Maybe I don't belong here. The problem is, like, no, you're going to die and go to hell. You're going to sit on your front door and get hit with a truck. You're never going to make it, dude. If they're not ready, it's not their time. It's, it's not your person of peace. It could be Harlan's person of peace. And I'm wasting my time being distracted by someone who's not mine. Does this make sense? All right. So number one, they welcome you. Matthew 10, 14. If he, doesn't, if he does uh, not, you are to shake the dust off your feet as you leave this home. They welcome you. If he doesn't, you say, okay, cool, man. We're all good. Cool. All right, love you. We're for you. You know, it's like doing a big gay 5K sponsored race. Is that our target? Is that our time? Is that our people of peace? I don't know. We're figuring it out. Might go out there and hand some water out. If we get cursed out, busted out. I mean, who knows? But unless you try, unless you find, unless you go, you'll never know. You gotta try. You gotta find. You gotta go. Number two, they listen to you. How fun is this? Oh, you guys actually listen to me. <laughs> You're actually what I'm telling you. Have you ever had a student, um, teachers or small group leaders or you know, any kind of mission leader, or whatever, like, if you'll just do what I say, your life will be amazing. And they don't do it. You're like, well, okay, sorry. We used to have a saying in, in youth ministry, hey, I told you the bridge was out. You come back wet, crying. I told you, bridge is out. Don't live your life that way. It's not going to work. People of peace listen to you. When I give instructions to, to the guy, like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to practice that in my life. I like that. That's work. That's, those are my people of peace. By the way, we had, I don't know, 40, 50 people. I probably had 20 guys in my life group back in Indiana. And there were guys in my life group that were not my, per, my, per, my people of peace. You know how I knew? They never listened to what I said. <laughs> Don't marry her. You're marrying her. That's not a good idea. You're married. Now you're divorced. Oh boy. Man, I don't understand it. Number three, they serve or support you. We must allow a person of peace to serve us. This is hard for people who are discipling others because we're so self-sufficient. We're so independent. We don't really want anybody else's help. But a person of peace will serve you. They'll want to serve you. They're going to say, how can I serve you? Go above and beyond to serve you. I um, mean, you find these that work, right, Harlan? I mean, the guys that, that, that there are, are those who are just there for a job, and there are those who are your people of peace. Those who want to serve the vision. Donovan, you got them in your youth group. Those who's like, I'm in this. D-group, man. I love it. I can't wait for it. And other guys are like, eh, just a chance for me to hang out. It really doesn't mean a whole lot. It, you're just going to see this. It, finally, is trouble. We can't talk about discipleship without trouble. The student is not above the master. If they reject me, they'll reject you. When we are finding our people of peace, we will also find, as we've mentioned a couple times, those who are not. They will not receive the message of the gospel. They're not your people. Here's five things, real quick: time, task, theme, target and trouble. There will be many who are not ready to hear the message and they will react strongly against what they perceive, check this out, as intolerance or insensitivity on your part. It's not an if, but a when as to when this is happening. I'll just stand with me tonight. I don't know if this helps. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to nail this stuff over and over and over. We have to. I mean, this is our call. If we're going to be disciple makers, we got to that means. I just think we have to admit we don't know what it means. You know, it's not a nine-week course you jump through the hoops and say, now I'm a cycle maker. No, it's not. It's a process. It's a lifelong process. I, this is what I want you to take away tonight. I love taking away, right? So just oh, take one thing away. Lift up your eyes. What time is it? When you lift up your eyes, you're actually saying, Holy Spirit, I'm awake, I'm alert, and I'm alive. To the time surrounding me, this person I know is ready to be watered. So I'm just going to give them an encouraging word today. I know today this person is ready to be sown on. They're ready to maybe first receive the seed. They're not ready to make a commitment yet, but they're ready to receive the seed. They're like, that's interesting, David. I'm I'm an agnostic, though. That's okay. Here's some seed. Let me, let me sow this into your heart. By the way, the people who are always ready to debate, I think those are the best people who are ready to receive seed. Don't you? I mean, people are like, well, I'm an atheist. Oh, my God, you're so ready. I mean, if you don't believe in anything, how can you go wrong? <laughs> Here's some seed, dude. Let's plant some seed in your life. I don't know what you're fighting against. If you don't believe in anything, why bother? Oh, never mind. Some people need watering. You see them, their heads are down. Look up. Lift up your eyes. Become aware, awake, and alive. If that's one thing you can take away tonight, Father, help me to look up. Raise your eyes. Be aware of people around you. Look up. Look to the harvest, man. Wake up. Lift your head. See the person across from you and the down on their face spirit will give you the grace and the words to say at just the right point they go down to the church down the street i'm applauding because the kingdom grew it's not about it's about the kingdom I'm like man i i've been working on that dude for 10 years and he shows up at new life what the heck yeah the kingdom just expanded Right, man. what's hot? come on. We don't hear that a whole lot, do we? <laughs> I've been working on that guy for 20 years. He's down there. In the church. Man, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, baby. Kingdom just expanded. <laughs> I tell you what. I heard a guy say this one time. He said, "When you're helping people, you will never be in need." Lift up your eyes. What time is it? Lift up your eyes. Be awake. Become aware, alive, to all the stuff that's happening around us. They're, they're hungry, guys. The, the harvest is ripe. No matter what part of the season you play, your reward is just as great as the person who does the harvesting. That's kind of good news. That's gospel right there. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for this time together as our family. Lord, we bless and praise you tonight. We give you the glory and the honor. Lord, we pray tonight that you would convict us. We'd, we would uh, repent. Uh, Lord, maybe it's not a bad thing to repent, by the way. This is just turning from one thought process and going in another direction. God, I repent tonight for thinking what evangelism was supposed to look like and what it did look like and what it didn't look like. God, I repent for not lifting up my eyes, for not being awake. Holy Spirit, help us. You're our helper. Our help-wanted signs are out tonight. And we say in Jesus Christ's name, Holy Spirit, help us, help us become a discipling culture. Help us become awake, alive, and aware to our surroundings. Help us to lift up our eyes and to see those who are ready for whatever part of the process we play. In the sweetest name we know, the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I love you guys like crazy. Thanks for being here.